live in a world of violence, war, magic, and the supernatural. I am here to bring you a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. This is the Voice of Hope podcast, and you can call me Beacon, your auditory guide to the safety of Castle Refuge. To all Tomorrow Legion teams in the field, your mission profile references are 19, 14, 650, 1, 1, 5, 11, 20, 6, 7, 4, 5, 1, 20, 6, 4, 1, 4, 3, 5, 6, Queen of Clubs, 10, 3. To any set cyber knights or justice rangers operating in or near western Kansas or the eastern Colorado territories, our friend Thielen has reached out again with a request. Hello Beacon, Thielen here. It's been a while since we last communicated. I'm reaching out to you now as we may have a new terrible plague on our hands. A rift recently opened to some horrid realm of sadistic goblinoid malcontents. I was traveling through the wild lands of western Kansas and stopped at the small town of Colorado, near what was the border between Kansas and Colorado. They have a small ley-line nexus a few miles to the south of them. While visiting there, the nexus flared with a rift, and from within its malevolent center poured out an untold number of small, three-foot-tall, green-skinned humanoids. Within a day of the rift opening, the town was raided by hundreds of these things. Here is some audio that was obtained during that raid. Kill the biggies! Get the weapons! Get off me, you little punks! Get the oldies! We can start some in the pot! Get your hands off me, you goddamn dirty goblins! Just <laughs> me those funny-looking weapons that fire the small arrows. I want one. That's it, boss. Hey, you. Give me that. <laughs> there you go, boss. I got to dress for ya. <laughs> Let's see how this works. I want more of these. They seem to focus on taking gear and the weak townsfolk, mainly elderly and children. Though they outnumbered us to something like 20 to 1, we managed to drive them off with only a few casualties and minimal loss of material. It's been about a month since the raid and it has become apparent to me that they have continued their rampant raiding to the south and the east. There are a few leaders among this chaotic rabble that have managed to adapt to our world quickly, one even managing to gain access to Glitter Boy armor. Anyone in the region should keep a close eye out for this new threat. Beacon, if you can. Get some Tomorrow Legion patrols into the area and see if we can minimize the carnage and chaos they are causing. Thielen out. 
Such a horde pouring out of a rift is a rare thing these days, and while goblins are not normally a foe that we have concerned ourselves with, a horde of goblinoids ravaging the countryside is another issue altogether, especially if they figured out how to operate modern technology. A horde of this magnitude will definitely require more than a single set to deal with. The closest help could come from the baronies of Wilmington and Testament. Hopefully they can rally the cattle barons and their militias to help push this horde back. While their people are spread out throughout a significant amount of territory, they produce some of the finest techno-wizardry weapons in North America. Captain Walker, the Legion's communication officer, is sending messages to our teams in the baronies to help coordinate a response now. In addition to the Baronies, we are contacting Counselor Paula Michelson, Council Refuge's Counselor of Diplomacy. She's currently on a diplomatic mission to Fort Comanche in the Kansas Territory. The Tomorrow Legion has enjoyed a friendly relationship with a few of the nomadic bands in the Kansas Territory, supporting them in several skirmishes against threats like the Coalition, the First Apocalyptic Cavalry, and creatures from the Burnett Mounds Rift. This relationship led to an invitation for the Tomorrow Legion to attend a council meeting at Fort Comanche to discuss a pact of friendship. Interestingly enough, what we call Fort Comanche is actually named Etzanoa, and the people that inhabit the Kansas and Oklahoma territories are not just the Comanche, but an alliance of a number of plains tribes and bands to include the Comanche, the Kiowa, the Kansa, the Pawnee, the Osage, and the Wichita. Etzanoa is reported to be an amazing city combining traditional Pawnee earth lodges, Kansas longhouses, Wichita grass huts, and refurbished modern buildings. The traditionalist bands exist shoulder to shoulder with modern bands operating the latest technology, much like Castle Refuge. Part of the invitation was a friendly challenge of competition between the Tomorrow Legion and the Defenders of the Plains. To meet this challenge, General Magruder sent the 2nd Company of 3rd Battalion, along with the Hammers of Drannic Warhost. Captain Bator Hammerheart is a clan techno-warrior who is a master tactician at mixing high-tech aspects of his company with the magical aspect. His great-aunt, Dodrina Stone Dreamer, is an ancient and powerful druid of Drannic who leads the Warhost. The Hammers are a sub-band of the Clan Hammerheart that have chosen to abstain from modern technology and continue the ancient ways, much like the pure ones of the Plains tribes. If initial reports have to be accurate, Dodrina has made a strong impact with some of the more hesitant traditionalists on the Council. I am requesting Captain Walker to send information of this goblin horde to Captain Hammerheart. Hopefully 2nd Company 3rd Battalion can coordinate with the Defenders of the Plains to help eradicate this horde before it grows too powerful. Please keep us appraised of the horde's progress while we coordinate this response. For all the refugees and teams moving towards Castle Refuge, I have a guest who wants to join us and share the story of his travels. My friend Callaton, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. Gods be praised! It's good to be at Castle Refuge. The Legionnaires came through, but their trial was great. Yes, the intel report sounded harrowing. What did you experience in your escape? Not long after I sent my last message, the undead monstrosities came barreling out our bunker. They sent a wave after wave of zombies first, man, and they were trying to mess with us. Zombie Cheesehead was part of their lead. His wacky hat plainly in view. We cobbled together our meager arsenal, me and my trusty ice blast shotgun, and a few others with cheap weapons. Mickey the Grackletooth had an NG-56, but he only had one clip. 
while two other refugees had bolt-action 30-06s. We fired at the group coming in, but we had bad lines on them. So that's when Mickey had to wrestle with the murder wraith coming in. It was intense. I channeled the great horned one to pour celestial silver to the thing, but it was quick. Then we heard a great big series of explosions outside, and the light coming in intensified with plasma blue. Oh man, your boys and the X-10 Predators laid down some good cover outside. We got a bit of a glaring then, and me and Mickey stepped out. Two young dragons landed to provide some cover, and a ley-line walker named Cecil Don Oak stepped down. She directed the refugees toward a pair of mountaineer ATVs that were wheeling toward us from an open rift on the nearby ley-line. Their railguns must have been loaded with silver, because one of them cut down a murder wraith. And that much firepower must have been a shock to the necromancer stalking us, so I think he must have backed off. I am glad Set 28 made it to you before it was too late. Was that the end of your ordeal? I ran with the refugees to the rift, and all was well, we thought. But our trials weren't over yet. It seems some coalition guys were in on this, too. A big death's head came firing on us with railguns, quickly wrecking one of the ATVs. I told the refugees to keep going, and went to help the crew. There was a fierce fighting all around as the dragons and predator pilots kept some Samus suits at bay. I got two legionnaires out of the mountaineer, and I heard their radios talking about a spider skull walker incoming. We were gun outgunned at that point, I know, and the refugees made it to the rift. Then Cecil did that thing leyline walkers are so good at. She channeled the leyline energy and gave us all enough protection to get out of there. Yes, the power of a leyline walker on a nexus is a terror, to be sure, having seen it personally. Having to face both a necromancer and the full assault of a coalition force, you went through a lot protecting those refugees for us, Calatin. The Council of Hope and the Tomorrow Legion own you a great debt. I also learned the names of those that died on the rescue mission. I have said my prayers to the goddess that they might find peace in the fair green meadows of the next life. They are Sergeant Harriet Neighbor, Coalition Defector and Pilot of a Predator, Corporal Jax Rod Kinor, a Quick Flex from Tolkien, and a Mountaineer Crewman, and Private Simpson Guy, a human from the Colorado Baronies and a Mountaineer Crewman. I am happy to be a Castle Refuge now, and I hope to give succor to your wounded and sick, and give comfort to the weary. And we are happy to finally have you here, my friend. Your trip from New Laszlo was one to be remembered. Hey, Beacon. We were about out when I heard the bullhorn on the death's head blare out. It said, You tell Beacon the traitor that the LT says hello. Excuse me. What? Beacon, I don't know your past, but you are righteous now. Because of you, only Cheesehead was lost from among the refugees. Thanks, Calton. I thought I put that bastard in the ground. And yes, I'm ex-Coalition. Mary, all of you, you deserve more of an explanation than I can give you right now. I have to go speak with the High Defender. Stay safe, move surely, and look out for your fellow refugees. The Tomorrow Legion will guide you to your new tomorrow. 
Hopefully I will speak to you again soon. I would like to thank Patrick Greenlaw for returning to the show as Thielen and his inspiration from Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Wolcock for today's episode. In the show notes is a link to some goblin conversions from Saga of the Goblin Horde that were thought up by Terry Hansen at the Savage Rifts G Plus community. Patrick thought it would be a cool way to incorporate other Savage Worlds fan-based material into Savage Rifts. I would also like to thank Dr. John Stewart for returning in his third episode as Calliton. Thanks for the support and patience for setting up this narrative. And I'd also like to thank Howard Brandon from the Shintar Legend Awakes Facebook group for the inspiration for the Hammerers of Dranik. I appreciate the help. Also, go to Murder Hobo Show at podbean.com. Gary and Victor have actually been churning through the Tomorrow Legion Player's Guide at a pretty rapid rate. Recently, they've done episode 13 and 14. Episode 13 was about dragons, 14 mutants and DBs, and episode 15 about traits, edges, and hindrances. They're pretty good shows. Go check them out. If you have any refugee questions, wish to leave a mission report, or submit a Legionnaire for Legionnaire's Last Call, please email me at voiceofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area and interested in Savage Rifts or Savage Worlds, please look up my new Facebook group, The Capital Savages. And finally, please join our community at Google Plus Savage Rifts and check out SavageRifts.com, the premier Savage Worlds play-by-post website. The Voice of Hope podcast is a Savage Rifts fan podcast. The music in the intro and prologue are Killos and Rhinos theme by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Savage Worlds and Deadlands are copyrighted 2016 and trademarked Pinnacle Entertainment Group and all rights reserved. Rifts and the Bag are registered trademarks of the